Impact 89 FM's own golf podcast. This is The Long Drive. Welcome into The Long Drive. We are broadcasting virtually for the summer as we are at home and away from the Impact 89 FM studios on the campus of Michigan State University. I'm your host, Grace Goodlerick, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Jack Latterman, as well as Tim Marshall. We are coming to you live uh, approximately 7.20 East Coast time on Tuesday, June 6th. Um, pandemonium erupting in the sporting world this morning around 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. If you're listening to this podcast and you have by uh, definitely sure have already heard the news of the proposed merger between Live Golf, the PGA Tour, and the DP World Tour, uh, we have so much to get to, so much to talk about. Boys, let's chop it up. We've got we, – nobody knows anything. The players don't know anything for either side. Agents don't know anything. Caddies know nothing. Um, we as fans, as podcasters, as journalists, nobody knows anything, and we're all just trying to piece together all of these answers. So what, what can we – at this hour, what can we talk about Instant reactions. What do we have? I think the first reaction was surprise. I saw it and thought it was a joke. Yeah, nobody, um, nobody knew anything. You saw all these PGA Tour players on Twitter. So basically, what the what the hell is this? What I is going find on? it so hard to believe that Rory didn't know, and people are saying he didn't. But that is yeah. just insane to me. If that's the case, I, I Woods, think. Yep. Yep. Greg Norman Rom. on the Greg Norman. Side. Greg Norman is apparently cut out of the deal per all the reports. And it's just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the PIF is the public investment fund, and the governor of the public investment fund is going to become a member of the PJ Tours policy board. So there is your merger. Greg Norman is cut out. But I, I and I don't want to say this is not a big deal because it is, but I really like. Five years from now, I don't think that it's going to be a huge thing. Like, I think that it really is going to help. Fan, it's going to make fans, it's going to be better for us. We're going to be able to watch all the best golfers again. And I don't want, like, I'm not saying I want team events every week or anything like that. But like during the fall swing, make a few team events, like whatever, have a live versus PGA thing. Like, I, I think in the end, it's going to be more exciting for fans. We're going to be able to see all the best golfers competing again, hopefully. Um, which I think is going to be a good thing. I think that might not be a, a popular opinion right now, but um, I think that in the end, it's all going to work out and it's just going to be more exciting for us as fans. Yeah, definitely. I think the way the tweet, the initial CNBC tweet, which I feel like a lot of us heard from, it said it was a merger. And I feel like when you see the word merger, you think 50-50 but I don't really think this is going to be 50-50. I don't think it's going to be, oh, this week we're playing on the PGA Tour and then we're going to go to live the next week. And then I think it's going to be PGA Tour is going to be the face of all of this. And the public investment fund is going to be behind all of it, giving supporting with all the money. And then I, I honestly don't think live will be a thing in the next two years. Yeah, at this point, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Public Investment Fund is the sole supporter of the PGA Tour. That is pretty set in stone, in my opinion. And as for Live Golf, 
I think that you would have to either choose a side of if you think they're going to be relevant within a few years or irrelevant. And a lot of what golf Twitter is saying, of course, everybody's out there with all their opinions, is that all live golf was, was a, is or was, however you want to look at it. It was nothing but a play to try and get their way at the PG tour. Like as of right now, Jay Monahan is the most hated man in America because everybody thinks he sold out to the Saudi Arabian government and all this. And Phil Mickelson looks like an absolute genius. Like, I mean, the guy played his cards the best out of anybody in this entire situation, hate him or love him. He looks like a genius right now. Right. Yep. I agree. And he, I, he, he literally said all of this, like was going to happen to a T. Right. And there's a price for everything. I think that's what I'm curious to see is like I, what I'm hoping comes out of this is that the purses just become tripled. Like this is more money for the PGA. Now, where is this going to go? I think that the only way that these players are really going to have any sort of positive reaction is if they get, they just get paid a load more money because yeah. the PGA has a load more money. But I don't think that, like I think Liv got scared or like the fund was scared that Liv was going to fail. And, and this was them freaking out and being like, okay, Liv's going downhill. This is what we need. Like, I don't really think that Liv has been doing well. We saw the stuff from Australia and, and whatever, but I wouldn't say that Liv has been, their ratings have been trash. Like, I don't think that they are doing well. And I think they knew that. And this was them kind of, panicking and figuring out we need to do something because this is down to this is done if we don't yeah and i think with live it's a case of it wasn't that entertaining like i tried to watch a few of the like, broadcasts i just it didn't feel the same it felt kind of like it felt very forced and now they kind of they kind of get back to their old ways uh I don't know if you guys saw, but I saw a very funny tweet today, which was Liv pretty much pulled a Michael Scott paper company. I did see that. that. He, um, yes. And that's pretty much what they did. Like they, they got changes and now it's kind of, they're back in with much higher purses. And I see. Yeah. I think it's, it's very interesting. I mean, on one hand, there's, yeah, like Liv wanted to broker this deal because the PIF felt that they were going under. I mean, they have no TV ratings. They're basically paying the CW network to broadcast their tournaments. They've got nothing going for them. The initial mass exodus from the PGA Tour of the guys that wanted to leave that left, like that is over as of this point. So it, there's a school of thought that believes that, and there's a school of thought that believes that the PGA Tour is basically selling out to whatever entity, like the, that would be the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, like that they sold out pretty much. There's a school of thought that believes that, that everybody wants Jay Monahan's head on a stick. And the players are all upset for good reason. I mean, nobody knew anything, right? They had the players meeting at four o'clock, which was to clear the air on everything. But I guarantee you that every single player that walked out of that meeting room 
probably knew less or was even more confused than they felt or knew walking into the room. I can guarantee it right now. And I am pretty sure that everybody else would agree with me on that. I mean, so at this point, nobody knows everything. No, nobody knows anything. But yeah, there's the school of thought that live. The school of thought that everybody thinks live is going under, and there's the school of thought that everybody thinks that the PGA Tour is selling out because live is or the PIF is worth six hundred billion dollars, and all this other stuff. But I mean, like, does this mean like we have the RBC Canadian Open? Royal Bank of Canada. We have the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit here in Michigan, my home state. Rocket Mortgage. We have the Travelers Championship, Tim's closest event, Travelers Insurance. You know, like, is this the end of corporate sponsorships on the PGA Tour? Because no, none of these sponsors wanted to, like, if any of them endorsed any guy that moved to live, they dropped. So, like, now that we've got all this, like, are we just going to have like PGA tour invitational Detroit or stuff like that? Like, do we not have corporate sponsors on the tour anymore? I think that's an interesting point. First though, I want to say, I think both of what you were saying before can be very true. I think live can freak out and, and want to, but see, they something out. freak out. Like, I don't know if they freak out or not. They I mean, they got the money. They you, didn't care about you the, think They didn't care about golf. They cared you about think the PGA reached out to Liv or Liv reached out to PGA? I would think that this is what I think happened. I think the PGA Tour lost their mind when Brooks kept going the PGA Championship and said, okay, this is real. There's real money. There's real golfers. They're only going to start playing more tournaments, which means these golfers are going to get better than they already are or were playing on the PGA Tour. This thing has money. Now Brooks Koepka won a major. Somebody's going to pick up TV contracts, whatever. You know, Everybody's rumoring that Fox wants the TV contract because Fox doesn't have golf rights anymore. They only ever had the U.S. Open. They don't even have that anymore. That's now NBC's. I think what happened is the PGA Tour lost their mind when Brooks Koepka won the PGA Championship and was like, we need to get our money back. We need to get our stars back, Brooks, DJ, everybody else, because they know they're going to play on the Ryder Cup team too. Like that's basically out there. If they want to, they're in. We need to get our money back. We need to get our stars back. and We need to do something. And Jay Monahan's covering it up with, this is going to benefit everybody in the game of golf. So I'm going to do it and not tell any of my membership on the tour. I think that's what happened. I don't, and everybody disagree. hates him though. I don't disagree with that. And I think that's very well possible, but I think it was live that came to the PGA with the idea. And because Brooks won the PGA and all of that, that's why he agreed to do it. I could um, also see that. I think that to an extent. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, they, you like your point could very well be right. Like who Nick, no one knows, but I really think that live or the, the funding group, it's not necessarily live. It's the people with the money that really make yeah. the decisions. But I think that they or like, if they have the chance to buy the PGA tour and live, isn't getting ratings, they're going to do it. So like they I basically they, did buy the PGA tour but, today, but they, they may have been talking to Jay Monahan for the last year trying to do this. And maybe he just cracked because of the Kepka stuff. Like it could be something like that. I, 
I think it's a mix of both. And I, I don't think that that makes either like this any better or worse. I just think that obviously both parties wanted it. Otherwise it wouldn't have happened. So. Well, I think it's, it's pretty confusing for a lot of the players and I can understand oh, yeah. why they're so angry for the last year. Absolutely. They've been told it's a player led league. It's player owned technically. Now, obviously that kind of shifts with all this uh, new flux of Saudi money, but. For the last year, tours, tour players said they they thought they had a voice. They thought they were the ones leading, and now it kind of now they got they left hundreds of millions of dollars on the table. Yeah, I mean, it goes back all. Yeah, it goes back to what comes to my mind instantly is the players only meeting that took place before the BMW Championship at the Wilmington country club last year in Delaware tiger flew up from Florida to be there. I mean, everybody and their brother was playing in the BMW championship, excuse me. It's a FedEx cup playoff event. So everybody's there. Right. And there was this player only meeting with the likes of Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory, tiger, everybody. Right. And they're all banding together to basically wore this massive threat that is live golf and now they were one left in the dark and in my opinion led on by the pga tour as to like the pga tour is progressing forward with these designated events you are to play 20 events per season you're playing x number of designated events you're playing the four majors you're playing three other events of your choice all this other stuff. And now it's just like a total 180 and nobody knows what's going on because now Jay Monahan is just like, Hey, we're going to be buddies with these guys because we're dropping all the lawsuits. They're friends. Now you're going to get to play with all your friends that you were formerly friends with playing on the PJ tour that defected to live. They secured the bag. You didn't. Now it's, it's all under like the, no one knows anything, you know, it's, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows if the $300 million that was offered to Hideki Matsuyama to join the league is going to be paid back to him because now they're no chance, no, no chance no they're shot that any back. of that happens. So, right. I mean, it's basically like at this point, like, yeah, these guys left hundreds of millions of dollars on the table and the PGA tour just stepped over them because but what player run league and the players didn't even know anything that was going on today. There's been a bunch of talks about, oh, the players are going to get fined trying to come back. Like, is any of that happening? I I mean, it, it, okay. So, like, the initial was if you wanted to break the contract with the PGA Tour, or not with the PGA Tour, excuse me, with Live Golf, Let's then see. you were going to pay, like, triple to quadruple three to four times what the value of your contract was so i mean which is absurd brooks kepka for example was given 100 million to go there so he's paying anywhere from between 300 to 400 million to break his contract so i mean it it was literally like the the signing bonuses for these live golf guys were what it is for a mid-tier NFL quarterback at this point. Four years, $150 million, Dustin Johnson. He's getting the same contract that Derek Carr got with the New Orleans Saints this, like this offseason. So, I mean, that's what Live Golf was trying to emulate. They're trying to emulate free agency in sports. They're trying to emulate teams. They're trying to emulate corporate sponsors for each team, like in college sports. You know, everybody 
this team wears Nike, this team wears Adidas, this team, whatever, wears Under Armour, you know, like the four aces wear some weird brand called extracurricular that I'd never even heard of. Nike is trying to buy Brooks Kepka's team now. Smash GC and they're going to rename it Swoosh GC. Or are whatever. these teams like staying together? Th- that's what we that's don't what know. Are right. these teams staying together or all of a sudden is the four aces going to go from Peter Uline, Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, and Dustin Johnson to those four guys plus Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, uh, X, Y, and Z player? Like, are we going to have just like 20 players that play for the four aces uh, now on the PJ Tour? Like, what is I don't this? I think so. I- I think it's over. I think Liv is. I think the whole team thing, it was an experiment. It went in a year. They tried it out. They probably sunk a billion dollars into it. And they said, you know what? This is over with. It's not as compelling. Truly, there's really only four tournaments that the casual viewer will tap into. And if you want to make money, a a good amount of money that would see, oh, the Saudis want to see this amount of money. It's, you just have to, play for those four majors pretty much i that's how i feel at least like i mean golf is an individual game obviously like the vast majority of tournaments besides the match play are individual stroke play like that's all it is majors everything and then you got the Ryder cup and the president's cup and those are really the only two team events that anybody cares about because it's pride for your country basically or pride for your continent europe in the case of the Ryder cup so Oh, we lost Gray. Oh, you're back. That that makes me. All right, you're good now. You're good now. Is that if of the backing somehow will? All right. (laughs) Can you hear him, Tim? He's gone. He's gone. No, he's been frozen for you. All right, Gray, you're glitched. All right, now I'll see you again. Talk. No, nah, you're frozen. You're frozen. Yeah. Um, I I agree with you, Tim. I I don't think team events. I think they tested it. It didn't work, and it's done. Like I think and this I, this could be like. Is this just going to be the, what the tour was two years ago? Just the Saudis yeah, are paying for it. Well, this is what the Saudis wanted originally. If you look back to three years ago, yeah, they. That's true. They said, hey, can we we want to fund you? Can you just do like maybe a three or four week tournament teams? Jay Mana had s- said, no, I'm not doing this. So then they said, all right, we'll stick it to you guys and we'll try to become bigger than you and we'll poach all your players for hundreds of millions of dollars. And then both sides were honestly in the wrong in a, in a little bit. And so they kind of just, they're going back to what's worked in the past, this style with a fully backed um investment and i think i think in three years honestly i think we'll forget about this stuff in three to four years i think it'll be like oh yeah remember to live golf on the cw like i think it'll be i think it'll be a thing of the past yep um well excuse my uh having to leave there um I don't know. Like, you think there's going to be team events still? I really don't because, okay, I think the the two, it, okay, so in the memo that was sent from Jay Monahan to all the players, right? 
where nothing was really said but yes yeah it said the only thing that i got out of it was that the 2023 live golf season will continue as is the 2022-2023 PGA season will continue as is so after that Jay Monahan and whoever the governor of the PIF is that is joining the policy board of the PGA Tour has their work because Greg Norman is cut out. Like the dude is left in the dark by even his own company, which is pretty funny, honestly. Like they don't even like him enough to add him into the agreement. And so actually my detective work leads me to believe that the PGA Tour approached them about maybe doing a deal. I don't know. It would be. Or the fund approached PGA. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it would be, yeah, Live Golf approach. If the detective work is right there, then Live Golf approached the PGA Tour about doing a deal. And PGA Tour said, yeah, we'll do it only if you cut them out. And they cut them out and they came and did the deal. So there's also that that could very possibly be like on the table, other than maybe what I said, which I think is also a very viable option. But I'm really interested to see if like, because I mean, like it or not, like yeah, the ratings suck for live golf. Like nobody even really knows what how the tournaments work and everything. Nobody watches it, but some people do. So like, are they gonna try and keep like? Uh, well, another could, thing, like, are they gonna try and keep like they've got simultaneous events going on? Say like, live golf plays in. No, I don't think so. I I don't even know. Like the, live golf plays in uh like Malaysia, in like Kuala Lumpur. Like same same this weekend. weekend. In the yeah. same weekend, the PGA Tour is playing the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am. Yeah, or it could possibly so. be the uh, it could possibly be the PGA Tour's Pebble Beach Pro Am because there's no way that I think that any of the corporate sponsors stay with the PGA Tour after this. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. Like, are they going to do simultaneous events where like you can go play whichever one and there's the same field and there's the same dollars? It's just if you want to fly to. I mean, uh, Malaysia, if you want to fly to Pebble Beach, like, I don't know. How's it going to work? How's it going to work? I don't think they're going to do that. I think they may have, like, like we have the Mexico, or no, not the Putacana was at the same time as another event. Like, they may have something like that, but I don't think that. I don't see that, though, because, like, they're going to have to, nobody's going to go play it if it's going to be a lesser purse. They're going to have to entice these guys with money. Yeah, but, but that's I, all that's happening right now. But they're not going to be, okay, so we haven't talked yet about the DP World Tour, and I know it's yeah, not. Yeah, I, I do want to bring that in, yeah. Like, nobody cares about it, but it's a really big part of this. But like, realistically, just think about this. They are not the, the tour, or let's just call it the tour, because who knows what it's going to be called. Like, they may rebrand. We have no idea. But there's no way that they are playing in la one weekend and then australia and then back to the u.s and then they're playing in thailand and then they're back in the u.s and then there's no way I, there's well they no might way. because i guarantee you that whenever they try and stage their events jay Monahan's going to come up with the schedule and his board of guys his cabinet per se is going to come up with a schedule and then you know who's going to either veto it or who's going to approve it the pif the but, governor of the pif because it's uh, his money what you do, in that, my opinion, gonna be what in my opinion, happened. what so you do though, see... you play the swing season in Asia, Australia, whatever. You see, I loved the fall... when the PGA Tour did that. I loved when they, they had that. But, that but awesome. and then you mess around with with your team events. You can oh yeah, everybody make teams of ten. Like like make your own teams, draft teams. See that'd be sick to watch. And you do that in an Australia swing event, something like that. 
that's I think what you do. Yeah, um, I think I I would doubt we see different or two tournaments in the same weekend. I think that's definitely out of the question. If one's a live event and one's a non-live event, I think if you read the um the press release, like the original one they put out, like right after uh, the news came out, they really harped on it being a something to unite men's golf. And I think if you're playing two different tournaments and you still have a live league, that's not uniting live golf or not uniting yeah. men's golf. I think, I think this is truly just a Saudi funded PGA tour, which is kind of the best of both worlds. If you really think about it. But the one thing that I am curious about is like Gray was saying, that's three tours worth of guys. What are you going to make a field 300 people each week? Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, like if there's a merger between us, like, I mean, right now you're capping invitationals at 120 players like that's the limit, right? Like that they're capping them at that, right? So what are you going to do for the Memorial Tournament, the Genesis Invitational, the Arnold Palmer? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to allow 300 guys to come play in these tournaments? But you can say like live before live. They did that. So excluding that, though. The they DP did not. World Tour. They yeah, allowed but, like 150 something. No, right. But there's only like 50, 60 guys on live or whatever. 40, like there's not that many. The DP World Tour is 175 guys. That's and, that's the part to me that, that doesn't make sense. So then it sounds like the DP World Tour guys might get totally screwed out of this and just cut out because they why would they be in this deal? But they don't have the world ranking points. And even if they start to get these world ranking points because of this united partnership, which live guys are probably going to get ranking points too. 100%. The OWGR is having a nightmare right now, for sure. But, like, are all these guys that are on the DP World Tour just cut out of these events now because they don't have the ranking points to qualify for a 120-man field and there's 400 guys that can qualify for it? Like, They're going to have to figure that out. How does it work, you know? Those are questions well, if, that everybody needs to work on. Yeah, and if you guys – I honestly forgot about this until now. I think it was two months ago. The PGA Tour came out and said next year that they're going to have a no-cut field for elevated events with 60 players yeah. in it. How yeah, are you getting – That ain't happening now. 60, <laughs> if you cut off at 60 players, you will lose big names that just don't qualify. And yeah, like, you can't exactly. have that, like – so I think it's yeah, but it's that, gonna be maybe that's totally the live aspect structure in the next two to three maybe years. the live but aspect see, is the no cut. Right? But now you have yeah, um, that's what they were. I think the PJ Tour was trying to emulate that with all these no cut and the elevated events and stuff. But now mm-hmm. you have like whatever Dustin Johnson, for example, is ranked in the world if it's like a hundred tenth or whatever, like, and he drops to. I don't know, say 140 after the live golf season. And he's like the, at the beginning of next season, when they would have a hypothetical schedule, like a a conjoined schedule or whatever. And he's trying to qualify for the Genesis Invitational. It's like, sorry, big dog. Like you're not ranked high enough in the world and you don't have FedEx cup points. Like you're screwed. You can't play. Like what, what, how's that going to work? It it doesn't, they're going to have to refit. They're going to have to redo. They're they're literally going to have to redo literally everything that they did. But aside from this season, like Jay Monahan has weeks of work to do now him and his new cabinet per se. Because they came out, like, not necessarily with the schedule for next year, but with all these no-cut, 
like all this different stuff that they were changing about, excuse me, about the PGA Tour. Like it's all gone now. Uh, right? I yeah, pretty much. So, so this is to to me the important thing is what comes next. Obviously, is we don't know any of the details what's going to change. But like, would you guys watch swing season events on like a Saturday or Sunday? I never did. No, because football. football season. Like, exactly. Yeah, you're, football season. So, you're so not watching. Yeah. Completely agree. But if it's a only a Saturday Sunday event or only a Thursday Friday event in whatever Australia, and you have a sixty player field and there's JT Spieth. They're captains, and they draft a team. Does that make no. you watch it? There's no shot that they do that because, one, so. when everybody played on the PGA Tour before Live Golf existed, none of the big names played those events unless they were getting, like, That's, substantial appearance right. fees. But and, two, all of might. these guys left for Live Golf because they wanted an offseason because the PGA Tour has never had an offseason. It's That's literally true. like the Tour Championship late August and then maybe a week off and then the Safeway uh, Open. Don't you think like it's right the only way that makes sense, though? How else are they going to combine all these events? Well, I mean, you're probably going to no see way. a decrease in just normal stroke play events on the PGA Tour to allow that that if that does end up happening, right, right. There's no way that they're like there's going to be an off season in golf. Like it's going to be when football season is. It's going to whatever the final event is is going to yeah. be at the end of August. Football season is going to start. Nobody's going to give crap about golf. Yep. And then it's going to pick back up in January and somewhere warm. But they could pick and, back up in Australia in two weeks early and play two events. Like it could be something like that. I hypothetically, think. they could, right. but I highly doubt that it happens like that. But also, there's going to be so I many can, players. Maybe you just don't play as many events and it'll be fine because the fields are going to be stronger. But that's going to really piss a bunch of people off. No, because I, nobody's I agree. Nobody's going to make but, any money. Yeah. I feel like it. this is a really important time for the players with this whole new reconstruction because if they don't figure it out, they're kind of out of luck because yeah. after yeah. in two years, there's going to be no alternative. This is it. Like this yeah. is the one tour you're going to be on. And if you don't like it, I guess you can go like, there's nothing. Get a real there's job DP not, world yeah, tours like, done. Like there's nothing, there's nowhere yeah, to go. No, you can't yep. like you're, yeah, you're getting an office job if you don't like it. Like that's how it kind of is. Because yeah, I mean, it's basically like at this point, golf is owned with the exception of the majors and the PGA of America that runs the Ryder cup, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia owns golf because it goes the PGA tour. Is they that have the name golf. of the fund? Why does everyone keep saying the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? Because it is technically a kingdom. But it's theoretically a though, investment. it's the fund, right? Or is it actually the kingdom of Saudi Arabia? The kingdom of Saudi Arabia owns the public investment fund. The public uh, investment okay. fund is going to be the main sponsor. Okay. of PGA tour. So it actually so, get kingdom. Okay. Yeah. So, it's for all intents and purposes, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia owns golf because you have the PGA tour and the DP world tour with their strategical alliance that they signed back in 2020 or 2021, whatever it was. November 2020, it's up on golf channel right now. Yep. So they're together from there. You have corn Ferry tour from there. You have PGA tour, Latino America and the uh, PGA tour, Canada, which is going to merge to become PGA Tour Americas if everything still yeah, holds. Right. So, like, you've got the PGA Tour, which owns all of these smaller developmental tours. They own the rights to Q School. They own the rights to whatever, anything golf related, basically, aside from Live Golf. And now Live Golf is coupled with all this. And at the top is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia owns all of this. So, they're basically like Jay Monahan is in charge of it technically but 
it's not his money anymore because it, it was never really honestly his money. It was the corporate sponsor's money. So that's what's so, going to be important to me is, is this going to be the Saudi guy makes all the decisions or is he just funding it and he's saying, do whatever you want. If that's well, see, the case, we're totally fine, I think. I if think he doesn't, then they're not fine. But you also might be onto something with the team aspect too because like if you don't have these corporate sponsors anymore and you just have basically like the live golf format, like the PIF throwing 30 million in a purse for a tournament and playing in a stroke play tournament on any given weekend, like you could have that, or you could also have companies that didn't drop guys when they defected to live. Like Nike wants to buy Brooks Kepka's team right now. They want to buy Brooks Kepka's team for $2 billion, like right now. So you could have like 15, 20-man teams that like, like you could have, I don't know, whatever the – I don't even know. Like they could be based out of like cities and stuff. Like you could have the West Palm Beach – I don't know. The West Palm Beach beer drinkers and their main sponsor is – like Corona Adidas. or something. Yeah. Or like Adidas or Miller light or whatever. Like, so, so when you said you, th- like you could have that, you know, but when you brought up like, Oh, the Wells Fargo, they would not call it that. Like, cause Wells Fargo, cause they would lose sponsors. No, are you saying probably, that? Are you saying that it would honestly be from a point like, of the companies not wanting to work with the PGA or the PGA not even needing the money or both? Both. But the companies would probably like not even want to do anymore because I, I know for sure that RBC wouldn't want to do anything because any RBC golfer that moved to live golf got dropped. Like DJ, I think they are the ones that are that are livid. Is the RBC? Yeah, they have to be like extremely upset because they do not one but two tournaments on the PGA Tour every year. They do the Heritage too, obviously. Um, so like yeah, you could not. Yeah, I mean like the waste management Phoenix open it's waste management. Uh, like you could just have the PGA tour Phoenix open or whatever their new entity is called. If it's right. like the United golf league or whatever for hypothetically, like the UGL, you could have United golf league Phoenix open. Like that could be the reality here. It's going to be the PGA tour. I honestly, I think in today, obviously it's a monumental day. I think there was a lot of things thrown out today, a lot of tweets. Maybe some of them are right. Maybe some of them are wrong because this is very early. That's true. We still don't yeah. know a lot. We, we don't know a lot of information, but I'd be willing, willing to bet right now that it's just – I think it's going to stay the PGA Tour because with the PGA Tour, you still have the legacy and you still have the name recognition brand. I think that's that's those are some really important things. We re, like we just saw Liv try to produce that and it didn't work. Yeah. So like even if we tried a new United thing, I just I don't think that would work because that would, it would be send, too hard to produce. That would send people see, to the edge. In my they opinion. did say yeah. Jay Monahan, I believe in his statement. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or at some point did say like, yes, we are merging with Live Golf, the DP World Tour under a under an umbrella. Tax exempt, I believe it was 501c6 tax exempt organization LLC that is to be named later. So, like, they're going to be under this one umbrella. And then you might have the PG Tour, you might have DP World Tour, you might have, I mean, it's not going to be DP World anymore because they're their own company that's based in like Scotland or whatever. But why? They sponsor the tour. 
if that's say like, oh, there's going to be a live event this week, it, like it's going to stay the same as right now. Why would there's no there's no way? I, okay, but see, like I the live L I V itself. Like, are we still going to have fifty four hole tournaments and seventy two hole tournaments? No, with cuts? No are chance. we going to have? No, there's or, no way. So the only thing that is going to come about this is we're going to have seventy two hole no cut events. Technically, is that it? That we're that is that all you think case. we're going to have? That'll well, that, a lot of people off. I think that's. Okay. I think everything's now in question. Everything they said that oh we're going to do this out the window, totally I, out the window now. It's going to piss all the live golfers off though because they haven't <laughs> they haven't been sweating to make the cut since they left the tour. Yeah, so, none like, of them if care. They got to sweat to make the cut again, then dude. They're making. What are they going to do? Unless, Just not play the events? They're making like, so much money. Like they all. How about the guys? The, the real losers of this. I get Hideki and like Will's out horse, whatever. They're fine. They're making a lot of money. You know, the real the real losers are like Ben Griffin, who could have made $10 million, and now he's probably not even going to be on the tour anymore because all these guys are going to come take his spot, and he could have made all that money, and now he's going to work in a desk. Like, to me, literally, there were like eight or nine guys last year that qualified for the FedEx Cup playoffs in the top 125 that defected to live, and their spots were taken by – the next eight or nine guys right. that finished 125 to 133 or whatever it was, 134, however many guys, and or 126 to 134, however many, excuse me. But it's like, yeah, I mean, the, your little guys, like they're not be playing. I mean, a, a Michigan State connection, James Pyatt got like what five, ten million to right. go to live golf. He has never – that's the only competitive golf he's played. He's never played – like, yeah, he's played in major championships and played very poorly in said major championships where it's 72 holes and you got to sweat to make the cut on Friday afternoon. That – like, those are the only – that's all he's played in. And he's sucked when he's played in the live golf events. So what about those guys? What about the little tiny PGA Tour guys that were offered, yeah, like you said, five, ten million? That's They're what's... screwed because you've got all right. these guys coming back. They're going to lose their, their spot on the tour. And they screwed. Didn't, and at least James Pyatt made $10 million. So now at least he has that. These other guys didn't even make that. Like David Lipsky, you're telling me the PGA is going to care if David Lipsky's on the tour anymore? No, they got Brooks Kepka back. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you said it best. Like, yeah, these guys are going to go on to become whatever their college degree tells them to become. Like right. they're not professional. They're not going to be the little tiny guy on the PGA tour. You're average. You're, you're somewhat below average PGA tour player who used to finish between 100 and 125 in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Right. Who maybe had one win or two wins in his entire career yep. and who made 750 to a million dollars a season is getting royally screwed in this deal, quite but frankly. Don't you think that's one of the good parts of golf is having those guys involved? Like, I feel like it's it's nice. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you feel like, yeah, I mean, if one of those guys wins and you feel it's almost like a celebrity story. Right. Or not a celebrity, excuse me, a Cinderella like a story. Cinderella, because, yeah. because that same tournament that that guy won had Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, and right. Jordan Spieth, and Hideki Matsuyama, and X, Y, and Z superstar right. in the field. And they all played, like, absolutely terrible throughout the week, and this dude won. Right, like Harry no, Hall when he, he blew that. But, like, yeah. See, nobody even knows who that, that dude is. That dude's going to lose right. his job with this entire, right. like, merger. But that dude will not – he won't be a professional golfer anymore unless he, like, absolutely gets on his horse and 
like becomes they'll be just corn one fairy. of the best golfers. Maybe ever. the corn fairy just doubles in size. They get all these DP World Tour guys that aren't that would really suck to make those guys it. unless they start like literally doubling the purses. Which they won't. Uh, Which they won't because nobody cares about the corn fairy tour unless you're in the top fifty to advance the PJ tour. I just I, I think that's who's who's really losing here. And it's not to me, it's not even because of the live guys. Because two years ago, they still had all these live guys playing and there was enough space and whatever. It's the DP World Tour. There's just so many guys. There are a lot. And I wonder if, so it's the DP World Tour, which is obviously the main entity. It's literally like you're talking NBA in your league, right? Yep. yep. So they have what's called the Challenge Tour, which is their developmental circuit over in Europe. What happens to those guys? Even the lower guys on the DP are they, World Tour. Are they going to merge with the Corn, with the Fairy, Corn Tour, Fairy And we're going to have like one worldwide or, developmental tour. you know, tour. we have PGA Tour Latin America. Maybe they just make PGA Tour Europe. Right? I have no clue how it's going to work. And I, I don't know. Nobody knows. And see, that's what pisses everyone off is that Jay Monahan didn't say anything. I don't think they know. I don't no, think they know. They yet. don't even know how it's going to work. They right. brokered the deal and broke the news. Right. I think and the, D- really the DP World Tour guys, 95% of them have to be pissed too. I mean, if you're the best player on the DP World Tour, you're on the PGA Tour. So, like, these guys aren't going to be able to play. I don't see what yeah, they're exactly. Doing. Yeah, I mean, like, you're, the best player on the DP World Tour at this point is Ryan Fox, who has, as of the or like PGA Championship, Adrian a special – He has a special – they both – well, not Moroc, but, um, yeah, he's a really good example. He's in the field this week, actually. Right. As a sponsor, he just keeps getting sponsored. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like the best player on the PG or the uh, DP World Tour right now, excuse me, is Ryan Fox. He's from New Zealand. He's on special temporary membership with the PGA Tour right now, as of the PGA Championship. And of course, he's going to use that. Nikolai Hoygaard, same deal. Of course, he's going to use that because who wouldn't want to come play tournaments that are the same format where you make more money? Because they're making literally like half the money playing on the DP World Tour than they are playing over here. Like the Rolex Series events that they used to have on the DP World Tour were worth like they were the biggest events, the biggest purses over there. They were like eight million US dollars, which is like a low level tour event. You know. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I'm starting to think they're going to have to have co-event multiple events each week. There's just too many guys, and not going to be. Yeah, dude, you're going to have five, six hundred guys. When I mean, you used to have 250. Right. And what they can't just cut off all these dudes. I mean, I guess yeah, they exactly. can, but. Uh, well, I guess they might be able to give them like severance packages because like. Yeah, but that then, would technically be like legally firing them with cause. So and then would have to. They try to play Corn severance. Fairy and then it screws the guys that are already in Corn Fairy. It, it's just going to trickle down. It's going to screw college down. golf. It's going to mess a lot up. This is going to mess a lot of stuff up. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. Like, yeah, all those guys in PGA Tour University right now are probably shaking in their boots because they got no clue what's going to happen because you know damn well that Greg Norman called the top five guys on the PGA Tour University ranking. Ludwig Eber, Fred Fred Biondi. He called all those guys. Ross Steelman from Georgia Tech. He called Austin Greaser from North Carolina. Sam Bennett, he called all those guys and said, hey, I'll give you $15 million to come to the live tour right now. Yeah. Guarantee that happened. I guarantee that that happened. Yep. So, like, what's going to happen next? Like, speaking what is of, next? Speaking of college golf. Yeah. Like, what is next? 
I don't know. I don't know. We'll Nobody see. knows. We don't know. And we're not going to know probably for weeks, if not months. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. You got anything else, Tim, before we uh, move on? No, I, honestly, I think I'm excited, hopefully, for it to be over. Honestly, I, yeah, I don't like, find these live talks. I, I don't care about politics and where, where the money's coming from and all that. I just want to talk about good golf tournaments. I, I don't really care about the like league alignment as much as I just care about like watching good golf and like seeing golf courses and stuff like that. I, I mean, I might, I might be like in the minority on that, but I just feel like I'm, I'm excited for it not to be like, Oh, you golf. What do you think about live instead right. of be like, Oh, you yeah. golf. Like, what do you think about the masters? Come on. You're going to have like, all I these, think... these fields are going to be way better. It's going to be more exciting for you exactly. to watch these golf. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, so I, I'm excited for that to be over. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's exciting. And I mean, I've always been one like to advocate like for change. Like, I feel like change is good. It's a healthy part of like developing as whatever, like a, a an entity, a company is a human, whatever. Like there's always new stuff out there. Like, so, I mean, it's going to be fun to see, and exciting, I guess, for the aspect, purely the aspect of like, what is going to change? Like, it's going to be a rush of adrenaline when you get that ESPN update on your phone that says the PGA Tour just released their new schedule in alliance with the DP World Tour and the Live Golf Tour. But then you're going to read it and you're going to be like, oh man, like this really sucks. Or like, damn, that's really cool. You know, like, I don't know how it's going to work. Like, the change is going to be cool to see purely for the aspect of something is changing in a world of sports, which is always somewhat cool to see i guess you could say but there's a lot of dark roads that people are going down that the tours themselves are going down there's a lot of uncharted territory that everybody's going into and there's a lot of pissed off people that are either going with them or they're not going with them and nobody knows what's going on like still this is relatively fresh news i mean it's not even 12 hours since it broke like and we're chopping it up about it right now. And nobody knows anything besides what Monahan has been interviewed about today. The players meeting, which everybody is basically the consensus amongst the players and the media is that nobody, they didn't speak to one happy PG tour player today. And I don't know, do we see like 10 guys withdraw from the RBC Canadian open and just say that they're, resigning their pga tour membership we already had so a lot upset. withdraw uh because of like member they uh qualified for the open and stuff and they withdrew so this is the poor op the poor canadian open is getting screwed by this i don't know this is just so i i don't want to say out of place but out of place because like nobody saw this coming and i feel like Weird when you have something this monumental that happens in any sport, there's build up to it for sure. And there was just nothing. It was just a bomb drop. None of the players knew. Nobody knew. Everybody's upset. Everybody wants Jay Monahan's head on a stick. All the live golfers are excited because they get to come back to the PGA Tour. Everybody was ripping Phil Mickelson apart for the last two years. Guy looks like a genius now. Nobody knows what's going on. It's still pandemonium and it's going to be pandemonium for a long time. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right, on to the next. All right, so with uh, with that, wow, 
the LPGA Tour this last week. Uh, going to a couple, or a quick recap of that. Uh, this last week at the Mizuho Americas Open in Jersey City, uh, hosted by Michelle Wee at uh, Liberty National Golf Club, won by Rose Zhang. She won in a playoff minus nine uh, over fellow American Jennifer Cupcho. It is the first time since 1951 that a uh, that a player making their debut on the LPGA Tour has won her first event. That was Rose Zhang, who obviously did it this last week. Uh, she is the two-time defending individual NCAA champion coming out of Stanford, more wins um, than Tiger Woods in Stanford history. So congratulations to her. She's obviously on the up and coming uh, on the LPGA tour. So now, I mean, there's been a lot of news like yesterday, longest day in golf, um, who qualified, who didn't. So um, we will talk about that next week going into uh, the U.S. Open and everything uh, previewing the LACC, uh, the tournament at LACC, excuse me. Uh, Florida wins the NCAA Men's Golf Championship. That was last week. There was a Tiger Woods spotting over the week. Uh, and Colin Morikawa with a back injury withdraws from the Memorial after the third round. So hopefully he is able to make a start at uh, Los Angeles Country Club. So really quickly, any thoughts on the Memorial Tournament, guys? Like uh, Victor Hovland, obviously a great showing from him. Denny McCarthy, one of Jack's favorite players, absolutely melts in the playoffs. So what do you guys have from the weekend at Muirfield Village? Yeah, it was hard to watch uh, Denny throw it away. And once it got to the playoff, it was – I thought it was over, and then there was a little – door was open for a little bit. But, um, yeah, him – that drive off 18 really cost him, which was hard to watch. I really like Denny, but I like Hovland a lot too. I think he's a good dude. I think he, he played real well. It was fun to watch. I think it was a great, I mean, it was a great tournament all around, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hovland's had a great season. I feel like all he was missing was like a big elevated event win. Yeah. Obviously got the 3.6 million. And then we, we all saw on Monday uh, him caddying for his yes. Oklahoma State teammate. Yep. I think that was a very cool, uh, cool thing to do and yeah i think it was a great week another really good tournament elevated events pretty much batting a thousand this season so yeah absolutely um you hit the nail on the head with the guys that have won the elevated events it's been guys that are relatively well known on the pga tour that are trying to the pga tour trying to grow the game with live coming on and all that previous before today obviously um so yeah congrats to victor hovland his fourth career pga tour victory um and that 550 fedex cup points really comes in handy for him next up for him will be uh, a major trying to win his first the u.s open at uh, los angeles country club coming up next week so that moves us to this week, the RBC Canadian Open, obviously going to be overshadowed by the news that came out this morning of the PG Tour, Live Golf, and DP World Tour merger. So it is at a new venue this year, this year, excuse me, Oakdale Golf and Country Club, uh, never previously hosted the Canadian Open in its entire history, relatively short course. Um, 
anything you got anything jack on the course i mean like it's it's relatively short it's going to be just a total like wedge fest I it's mean, going to be scorable the average par four is about 390 yards yep. which is extremely short for the tour um so yeah it's going to be very very scorable look for yep. i mean we could see like 25 to 30 under par win it yep. this week hit the fairways if you're hit the fairways hit the greens and then it's just it's a putting contest at that point yeah I think. absolutely um so with that that uh, the Featured groups have not been released by the PGA Tour yet. Um, their media pages have been pretty quiet today after the landmark announcement this morning. So we will not be talking about any of the featured groups coming up for this week's RBC Canadian Open. So that leads us to the one and done. There is a handful of pretty good players this week in the field, highlighted by Rory McIlroy trying to three-peat. He obviously won it in 2019. He won it last year as well as two, in 2022. Again, the tournament was canceled uh, in 2020 and 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So he's looking to three-peat um, this year on the uh, for the third time this year, looking to become the first player to successfully do it since Steve Stricker, 2009 to 2011 John Deere Classics. So the one and done. For last week at the Memorial Tournament, Jack takes former champion Hideki Matsuyama, who finishes T-16, uh, makes $275,500, and Jack has won a total of $4,279,344. Tim takes Justin Thomas, who missed the cut. Uh, Tim's made a total of $2,072,673. Nick, who was absent tonight on the podcast, took Xander Shoffley, who finished uh, tied for 24th. Had $163,000 payday, and Nick has made a total of $3,751,346. And I took Corey Connors last week, who I thought was just an absolutely great fit for the course, uh, and that bit me uh, royally in the uh, in the butt. He uh, misses the cut, and I have made $6,756,368 total. So... Who do we have this week in the one and done, guys? Uh, I'm taking Terrell Hatton. To me, he is the second best player in the field behind Rory. I He's just on fire lately. He's number one in my model. Um, he fits. I mean, he ball strikes. He, his approach is great. Off the tee is great. And he can score. That's the key to me is he, he really can score well. Top five, uh, five straight top 20s. Um, I To me, it's just a confidence pick. I think he top 10s. Uh, 80% chance he top tens. Um, and I think he wins it. So I'm going with Rory. I think this is um, a time where he steps up. I feel like every spot where he's had pressure besides Augusta, he's delivered. And I feel like this could be a week where just out of spite, out of kind of even sticking it to now Jay Monahan, I feel like he could really just tear this course up the only thing is it, it is kind of a wedge course and his wedges have been whew, his wedges have been bad lately but i wouldn't be surprised if we piece it together for a three-peat at the canadian open yeah you got to be a really really accurate driver of the golf ball this week which rory has some trouble with sometimes wedges are pretty terrible as you mentioned but rory very intriguing pick obviously trying to three-peat this week nick who uh as previously mentioned is uh, absent from the podcast tonight. He's taking Matt Fitzpatrick, trying to double up on the RBC events on the PJ Tour this week, this year. Who uh, he won the 
elevated event at the RBC Heritage earlier this season. I am taking Sam Burns. I really like his fit this week. The guy can drive the golf ball very well. Um, I really like his off the tee numbers. The approach is just not there. The wedges are pretty terrible, but he's a pretty solid putter. I think he can piece it together. He's been really down since winning the uh, World Golf Championships Dell Tech match play, but I like him. He's in he's tops in some of the models that I've seen going into this week. So Sam Burns, my pick for the one and done. Hopefully I can uh, end my streak of guys missing the cut, which speaking of making the cut, that leads us to our three guys to make the cut and our mortal lock one guy to finish in the top 10. Who do we have this week, guys? I'm starting with Ben Morton, who has been solid, honestly, Um, does well when he needs to score a lot. Super good approach and driving accuracy, which we said was important. Second, Eric Cole, who continues to just kill it um, repeatedly. Top 25 in three of his last four events. Super good all around. Uh, struggles off the tee distance-wise a bit, but as we said, it's a short, so I don't think that matters. Um, and the only Canadian I'm playing this week is Nick Taylor. Um, so, so good everywhere except putting, but, you know, that's something that you can – you could figure it out. And um, if he figures out his putting, I think he could, he could seriously have a chance to win. Um, I'm taking Rose to top 10. I think that he's going to be super popular this week, just like in, in uh, DFS and stuff. But uh, to me, he's a top, top five player in the field. He puts, he's been putting the lights out. Um, And I just, I think in Canada, I think he, he, I think he could seriously be up there to win too. Uh, I'm going with the theme this week, Canada. We're going Adam Hadwin, Adam Senson, Mackenzie Hughes, and Corey Connors. All Canada. We're just going all Canada like this week. Those guys are North of horses the for the course, for sure. Exactly. And they all kind of they all kind of have a very similar style that kind of fits this course. So I kind of I kind of like it. Yeah, and they have the whole a, crowd. They have the crowd, which is a big thing behind Exactly. Them. The the Canadian Open, like it uh American viewers of the PJ Tour is just a normal another golf event, but up there it's like it's watching the U it's, it's like a major to them. It's their national open. Um yeah. so this week, um kind of going with the same theme, guys that are pretty average drivers of the golf ball, wedge it in there pretty nice and tight. Um, and I'm only taking one Canadian. He is my top 10, but to make the cut, I like Brian Gay, uh, the guy that always has been very consistent throughout his career on the PJ tour. I think he's been on it for almost 30 years. You know, he's a pretty consistent wedge player. Same theory applies with Ches Reavy, who's one of the shortest hitters on the PGA tour. Um, but very, very proficient 150 and in. So I like him this week to make the cut as well as Mark Hubbard guy has been playing very well lately. Um, in fact, holding the lead on the weekend at one point at the Memorial last weekend, he had a good finish at the, uh, <clears throat> um, excuse me, the PGA championship a few weeks ago. So I like Mark Hubbard to make a cut this week. And for my top 10 pick, I'm going with the Canadian theme. I really, really like Adam Hadlin this week. Guy's a pretty average driver of the golf ball, which is basically all you're going to need to be in terms of distance wise, accuracy wise, you really got to hit the fairway. Guy's a pretty good putter, 32nd strokes gained. He can string it together pretty well. So I like Adam Hadman to make a top 10. 
this week at the RBC Canadian Open. So that leads us to our favorite prop bets. Uh, we've got some here, so let's uh, let's chop it up. Let's get into them. Yeah, this first one. Uh, I saw a picture this morning before all the news broke of Aaron Rye on the driving range, wearing two gloves and taking a cover off of one of his irons. Um, he looked real real good doing it. So I'm taking Aaron yeah. Rye outright. Uh, get this guy off one. the tour. Um, off the tour. He's I, he's really good off the tee, um, and really good at hitting fairways. So, um, I think he's gonna he's gonna two glove it all the way to the to the trophy. And then I'm taking Cam Young to miss the cut plus three fifty. I just think something's wrong. He's horrible on bent grass, two straight missed cuts. I mean, he obviously has the talent to probably come and win this event and take everyone by storm, but I. I seriously think something is just not not right in his swing right now. He just doesn't have it. Uh, this week I'm going wire to wire uh, at plus 900. I feel like people have taken it in the past uh, on this podcast, but I think plus 900 is the lowest it's been at. Maybe Vegas knows something this week and they're trying to kind of hedge their own bets a little bit. So plus 900, wire to wire. Yeah, I really like that. I. I saw that on the on the books earlier, and I really, really like that because I think you get a guy that goes out there and shoots, I think believe it's par 72. You get a guy that goes out there and shoots 62 on Thursday. He's going to be in contention come the weekend, so I really do like that. Um, this week, the big guns are back for the books. The big guns this week, the top four players in the field, Tyrrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, and Rory McIlroy. I like them to finish over the field uh, Vegas has the field at minus 235 right now on the books. I like the big guns over the field at plus 180 this week. I'm going along with my Canadian theme. Adam Hadwin, the top Canadian finisher at plus 500. I think he's going to play very, very well this week. Um, and then I always like to do the top 20 finishing parlays. This week I'm going Matt Fitzpatrick and Justin Rose. I'm going to uh, – Kind of hop on the Justin Rose train there. Uh, top 20 finishing parlay, the odds on the books. Vegas has that right now at plus 2,000 odds. So those are all of our prop bets for the week. Obviously, an instant live reaction to everything breaking this morning in terms of the merger. So going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Next week on Tuesday, we will be back chopping it up about all the news, the, uh, all the uh, news that is for sure to come out of the merger. We will be recapping the uh, RBC Canadian Open and uh, previewing the U.S. Open, which is next week at uh, Los Angeles Country Club North Course. So new major venue. So super excited about that. Also next week, going to have two episodes. We're going to do a live reaction on the Sunday after the final putt drops at the U.S. Open. So stay tuned for two episodes next week. So for uh, myself, Gray, Jack, and Tim, thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of Impact 89 FM's other podcasts. This has been The Long Drive on Impact 89 FM.